0: Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild.
1: on mountain.
2: Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by Aaron Keller, as usual and it is that time of year we're trying to get messaging out because bears they're getting ready to go into hibernation they're building up those calories so we of course have carl lackey our bear expert here and then we also have boomer schultz joining us from douglas county we appreciate you coming up here and he is with douglas disposal and this is a team effort getting people to be vigilant um, in bear country It's really a team effort, and it sounds like Endow and Douglas Disposal have been working pretty closely together to try to crack down on residents and get them to be responsible.
0: Yeah, I think we've been working with uh, Boomer and and Douglas Refuse for uh, 20-plus years.
1: Yeah, yeah, quite a while since I've I've been over here probably 15 years, and, yeah, we've been together.
0: Douglas County was one of the very first—well, was the very first county in Nevada— to pass an ordinance relating to human bear conflicts and solving the conflicts by managing trash. And Douglas Refuse was a major player in getting that ordinance passed.
2: Oh, really? And those ordinances have helped greatly, I think.
0: Yeah, Douglas passed it in 2001. And following that, Carson City passed one and then Washoe County passed theirs uh, several years ago, but Douglas was a first.
3: And so what exactly is the ordinance?
0: The ordinances read uh, basically that if you allow a bear access into your trash uh, and it is reported that the county will give you a written warning. And then if it happens again within a two-year period, they can cite you, and or require you to get a, a BRC, a bear-resistant container.
2: Okay, so it's just more motivating for people, hopefully gets them when there's this chance of them being fined, um, hopes li- hopefully gets the message across a little bit, they uh, need to be responsible. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Defi-
1: it definitely gets the point across once, uh, you know, monetary fines are involved.
2: Exactly. For sure.
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, that the counties have these ordinances in Washoe
0: County. Especially a lot of people don't believe that right here in the Truckee Meadows, you're required to keep wildlife out of your trash or you pay the consequences.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's Washoe, Douglas, and who else has an ordinance Carson. like that? Carson. Carson City. Gotcha. So could you explain for people who aren't in Douglas County, um, what is Douglas Disposal's role?
1: So Douglas Disposal, um, we're the franchise waste hauler for all of Douglas County besides the townships of Minden and Garnerville. And then on the Tahoe township side of Douglas County is handled by South Tahoe Refuse, our sister company. Um, so we're the franchise waste hauler for all residential and commercial service. Um, anytime a new residential comes and signs up for service, we automatically give them one of the Endow bearware flyers. Uh, we have one of our own bear flyers that we give them that has all basic information you know don't put your trash out till the morning of the pickup um you know how to deal with barbecues bird seed you know fruit trees all that um, you know across the board stuff and then because um, we start at 5 a.m so but we've actually gone through and rearranged our routes to where at 5 a.m where we mon- mas- mostly focus on our, our high danger areas first so, like, we'll do our high speed limit roads, like, you know, the highways, Foothill Road, and we'll actually go out of our way to get those done first, and then we go back and do all of our cul de sacs and side streets second. So, then those people in the more populated residential areas have more time to get up in the morning and get it out in the morning rather than putting it out the night before. Um, and then if we do come across any you know indications of bear activity we um, our routes are all electronic now through tablets so we will document it with some pictures uh, get it cleaned up and then notify the customer they're having an issue and uh, recommend that they either get a bear resistant garbage can or tote or an enclosure and then uh, give them a more precise time of what their pickup is um, so they're not you know so if they don't Get picked up till seven. You know, we can let them know they don't need to have it out till six thirty or something like that, so they have a little more time to uh, work in the morning and and be ready, so it's not out all night. Yeah.
0: Right?
2: That's awesome that you guys do all that. That has to be extremely helpful for you, Carl, too.
1: Yes, absolutely is.
2: To have you guys out there getting that information out, actually tracking it through your tablet, where some of those problem areas are.
1: Yeah, and we, you know, and it and it it comes to some expense for us because we're sending out a lot of extra mailers a lot of extra time for our customer service representatives um but you know our owners feel you know it's what we need to do to be responsible and help carl with all his hard work and um, you know because the bears aren't going anywhere they were here first and it's up to us to kind of adapt to what they're doing and, and their livelihood so we can all get along
2: and then you mentioned some things that people could be doing. So bear-resistant containers—that's the number one way people could be securing your trash. Could you guys, for people who aren't aware of what this is, explain what a bear-resistant container is? Well,
0: bear-resistant resi- bear container—we we shy away from saying bear-proof because nothing's bear-proof. Mm-hmm. Although most of these containers, they are—they are certified and tested at the Grizzly Wolf Discovery Center Very up in cool. Montana. And they can vary from a metal enclosure that in totally encloses your average 32-gallon trash can, like your big Rubbermaid. Mm-hmm. They vary from the metal enclosures to uh, the kind of a bear-resistant version of the green polycart that most people use. I believe those are 90-gallon polycarts. Oh, yeah. uh, Kodiak can be in one example that it completely it makes one that's completely bear resistant
1: um,
0: that is very, very affordable. Uh, and
1: the, the nice thing about the Kodiak, too, it is, is it has a gravity latch system on it that's actually inertia based. So, with a fully automated piece of equipment, once you go through the motion of dumping the tote, with the gravity latch and the inertia it actually opens a lid all by itself Hmm. so the driver doesn't have to get out and touch it or undo the lid or the latch or anything so that's why we really recommend the the Kodiak and and Carl um, gave us a demo to use and we use it on all of our equipment works really good all the other style totes you have to the driver has to get out unlatch the lids pop them open they have a you know metal latches that are kind of not real great and they get bent after a while and um you know most of the other totes are just a normal 90 gallon garbage tote that some entrepreneurs have figured out a way to um reinforce with some metal um you know siding on it and some some latching mechanism and I mean they're good I Mm -hmm. mean but they're the Kodiak is by far the best I, I agree and you know, and then they just it just simplifies things to where even with a fully automated truck, you just drive down the street, wham bam, dump them, and you know it's really not a big deal for us at all to deal with those.
2: And we actually so, on endow if you had to Nevada Wildlife and then go to Bear Awareness, um, we have a ton of resources, including some bear resistant containers, and I think Kodiaks at the top of that. So yeah, and if you go to their everyone. if you
1: go to their website, they have a great video on how exactly they work okay And it shows exactly what happens when when you pick it up with the truck and the lid opening by itself and and you would you know a lot of people say well that kind of defeats the purpose because if the bear tips the tote upside down the lid's going to open but it doesn't it actually takes that inertia and and physics are involved so to speak to actually get it to open up so they work really good
2: Hmm. and it's worth the investment for a bear resistant container because think of all the other things well, you face. if
0: you get a bear-resistant container, you don't have to worry about what time of day you're taking your trash out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about leaving your trash cans outside on the side of the garage. You leave those cans outside 24-7, and your trash is always out, and all you have to do is wheel it to the corner.
2: Super easy.
1: Yeah, and we've actually seen uh, the town of Genoa is thinking about they've actually purchased some Kodiaks, and they're looking at you know possibly having them out um for some of their parks mm-hmm. as a, as a cool. solution Thank for you. something like that yeah um so there's other applications besides just a residential service where they can actually use them
3: and so if somebody's interested in buying
1: one they go straight to kodiak or do they come to you guys and it's like work through you yeah douglas disposal yeah. doesn't doesn't uh, sell them at this point okay. um or provide them but yeah if you just go directly to kodiak products i th- believe it's kodiakproducts.com, um, and they're based out of Prescott, Arizona, I believe, and I think they might have a dealer or two now too that you okay. can purchase them from, and you can just buy direct from them. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Look- Heather, my coworker, Heather Reich, has really been kind of leading the charge with the Kodiak cans and working with Boomer and Douglas Douglas Disposal uh, to get uh, the the at least the Kodiak cans. A little more prevalent out in the community. Nice. Right.
2: And then for um, people in Washoe County will be listening to this. Does it does waste management, I might be wrong here, provide them with bear-resistant garbage cans if they ask?
0: If people call, uh, I believe it's 329-8822, but I may have that wrong. Unincorporated Washoe County Waste Management will provide those residents with okay. a with a BRC, it's not a Kodiak can at this time. Okay. Uh, I believe it's Bear Saver, but it depends on who you call because yeah. you can call waste management and get different answers depending on who you talk to. So there's yeah,
2: okay. definitely resources out there, different avenues you can
1: yeah, take. Do they? Is there an extra fee with those, Carl? Do you know? There is a slight extra fee, yeah. I believe. Yes. Okay.
2: But again, worth the investment. Well, yeah. you you so. think about
0: how much it, it, you you pay to have your garage door. Replaced, and I'm not talking about the side door. I'm talking about the big garage doors with the panels. Bears will rip right through those things. We have it happen every year, and then you're talking fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars to have that replaced, when all you had to do was get a simple BRC and your problem solved. That's
2: very true. I don't think people realize the damage. I don't. I don't know if they realize just how many bears there are in the area, and then I also don't think they think about the costs that come with that like you said that could be a garage door getting ripped apart or i mean bears are strong they get into cars we've had Um,
0: we've had bears literally peel truck doors like an f-250 grab the top of that door and bend it in half to get inside
2: so and i remember i heard heather said at one point she said if everyone could just have a bear resistant container life would be beautiful <laughs> <laughs> or something right. along those lines. Yeah. Like and it would it would help greatly.
1: And when we've had the <coughs> the real, I would say the extreme years, um, I don't know, 97 maybe. 2007. Know, 2007, yeah. We had some stories in some of our foothill areas where I know uh, I was talking to one of our customers. She had her garage door open. It was like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Garage door was open. She was up in the foothill area up in Five Creek of her SUV was open she was unloading groceries mm-hmm. took a load of groceries in the house by the time she came back out the bear was already in the back of the SUV eating potato chips <laughs> you know another time um, our <clears> driver <throat> same area our driver pulled up and uh, the customer's son was standing out by the garbage toe with a BB gun you know and our driver said what's going on and he said oh I'm keeping that bear out of the trash and there was a bear across the street in the tree you know and this so it mm-hmm. doesn't just happen at nighttime when it's dark you know and I actually saw a, a really big bear up in the top of Five Creek a few weeks ago, and it was 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so, I mean, so they're actually they're, they're right all the time. now, yeah, too.
2: So, well, we are already through the first half of the show. This went very fast. I still feel like we have a lot to talk about. So, we will be right back after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we're talking about bears because it's that time of year when they're active, building up those calories for the winter. Before the break, we were talking about their strength and some of the damage they could cause. But the main way we could stop this from happening from them, stop them from getting into neighborhoods is for people to do their part. So that's been taking a lot of, that takes a lot of cooperation from different agencies. And um, I know, Boomer, you were saying Douglas Disposal is strictly, you guys are a uh, pickup service.
1: Yeah, we're a collection service. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, And then Carl, you and Heather and our team at Endow manage the bears, but there's people in between that that you guys don't manage. So that's where it's important for people to do their part.
1: Yeah, and you know, we I try and explain to our customers as politely as I can is that we're a collection service. We show up on the on your designated pickup day. We try and keep the times as consistent as possible, and we collect the trash and then we leave so what happens from the time we're gone till the time we come back is the customer's responsibility and and how they manage their trash because they're the only ones really that have control over that so you know they need to get involved they need to uh, put the effort out to keep it contained keep themselves safe keep the bears safe and uh, reduce those uh, interactions with the bears and um you know because like Carl mentioned during break you know all it takes is one time and then the bear knows they're that's a positive place for for calories so they're gonna come back you know and then they're gonna you know and it goes generational and and the bears don't you know they're not scaring off as easy as they used to i hear stories over and over people pouring you know buckets of water from the upstairs balcony yelling at them you know a lot of times the bears are just kind of turning around and looking at them like you know hey what you know know i'm eating
3: (laughs) yeah don't bother me (laughs) what are you gonna do
1: you know so um you know and then once you have those conflicts then you know, sheriff's department might get called and, um, you know, uh, and the Bears get in trouble so many times then and then Carl has to make those uh, decisions that are obviously difficult for him to make and, um, you know, nobody wants to see that.
2: And Carl, you could speak to bear behavior a little bit. You were saying, it, like Boomer just said, it takes that one time for them to get in, on, into trash or whatever at a property, find something to eat at a property and that's, they're going to remember that.
0: Yes, if you allow bear access into your garbage, even one time, if you wait to get a bear-resistant container until after you've had bear activity, then you've waited too long. Bears have a wonderful memory, they're smart, they're very persistent, and they will return for that food resource, if they get a food reward, even just one time.
2: And it's because... Part of it, too, is if you picture what they're eating in the wild, it's, it takes a lot more to build up those calories. But when they're finding what they can in a trash can, that's probably an amazing meal and opportunity for them.
0: Well, yeah, you think about it from a bear's point of view, using bear logic, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, they can forage on pine nuts and manzanita berries and rose hips and feed for hours upon hours every day to, to get that caloric intake that's required prior to hibernation. Or they can go out and forage for an hour or two every day in urban areas eating human sources of food like garbage and get that actually more calories Mm -hmm. by doing that. And they're expending a lot less energy doing it. So from a bear's point of view, garbage is a very good thing.
2: And then when you think of it that way, they're going to become... I mean, they're getting all these calories that they need, and it's so easy. It makes them more and more used to being around humans.
0: Yeah, it's what we call the behavioral ladder of conflict. Bears coming into urban areas, finding a food reward maybe in the middle of the night. They do that a few times. Uh, They become habituated more and more around people and people's smells and dogs barking, that sort of thing. So then they may feel more comfortable coming more often and then i'm going to go ahead and start coming during the day and looking for that food resource and then if they really escalate that behavior uh, they'll start because then by then the people have locked up their trash Mm -hmm. but the bear knows it's there he knows where it's at he can follow his nose they start breaking into garages uh, and sometimes uh, breaking into homes and and that's that's when it becomes unfortunate for the bear
2: Exactly and it's and really not the bear <laughs> it's yeah the humans.
1: and you know and and for me I look at it too as as a bigger picture item because you know like in you know we live in such Douglas county is so beautiful, especially do- you know down the, the foothill corridor there in Genoa and everything and there's so much greenery but a lot of people also have fruit trees, um, koi ponds you know so it's not just trash that's attracting the bears you know so I mean really you got to look at your whole property. And I know Carl would have recommendations on how to handle that, but you know that's a lot. That's, not, that's another thing I hear a lot is, you know, the bears are breaking the trees off my, or breaking the branches off my fruit trees and that sort of thing. So I mean, if you think about it, you got trash, fruit trees, koi ponds, you know, shaded grass area to chill out. You know, I mean, if you're a bear, why would you, not why would you, why would you not in want to go there? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know.
2: And then it just happens that fruit it's growing on trees, right? as those bears are trying to build up their calories. Yeah. And that's yeah. another thing to have your mind on this time of year.
0: Yeah, but when when you're talking fruit trees or or koi ponds, you know you put in a water source when you live in the desert, you're going to have wildlife utilizing that water source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but electrical fencing uh, really is about the, the the best and only option for uh, keeping wildlife out of out of those areas.
2: So I've heard it talked about um, it could be used on gardens, um, fruit trees, like a wide enough circle around a fruit tree, chicken coops. Like electric fencing could really be used anywhere you need it to be.
0: Absolutely. And, and they make bare fencing. If people just <clears throat> Google bare electric fencing, uh, there's a product that looks like a net, positive, uh-huh. negative, positive, negative net, about four feet high. They're portable. They're cheap. They come with an energizer that works off little batteries. Uh, super easy to use. Super easy to deploy, and very very effective on bears.
3: Yeah, we've talked about them on previous podcasts when Heather's come in, and and you could put them on doorways or like vacation homes or anything like that as mm-hmm. well, which makes them pretty. There's a few handy.
2: companies now that actually electrify the home. Yep. So that's definitely helpful. And then I'm trying to think of what other tips should people be aware of this year, Carl? Just like Boomer said, it's there's a bigger picture here than just trashed. So what else could people be doing?
0: Well, I, I think the, the number one thing is that if you live at the urban-wildland interface in areas where you have black bears along the foothill corridors, anywhere in the mountains, et cetera, that you need to be tolerant of of wildlife. You need to be tolerant of bears know that they're there. Bears belong. Mm -hmm. They belong in the forest. They belong there. So people have to be the responsible ones and not allow those animals access to human sources of food. And by doing so, the bears will move in and out of the neighborhood. Uh, They won't stay very long because it's all about their belly to them, especially this time of year. If they're not finding food, they'll go somewhere where they can find food
2: very important good message for people um what was i going to add to that i'm blanking here i always do this at least one podcast i (laughs) blink. there's just so much information well i wanted to circle back to to
3: the to the bear resistant (laughs) containers and i mean we have uh, all sorts of information up on our website that anybody that's listening if they want to click through our website and kind of check out websites of of companies but the department of wildlife doesn't we don't pick the bear-proof container for, or bear-resistant container for for them. It's up to the person to mm-hmm. We're not to endorsing do that. one right, right, exactly. We just say the Kodiak can because it's it's kind of the easiest one for us to remember, right, we can't mess that one and up. And it's yeah.
2: new and people are aware of it. Yeah. So. But we do have a whole list on our website so you could find one that works for you. And then we also do have, um, on that same page, electric fencing options and I think tutorials too. We've put up, there's multiple tutorials on how people could use electric fencing. Um, I've got the question before. Do you and Heather actually go out and set up fencing for people? or um,
0: We, we will. We have a couple fences that we'll loan. Okay. Uh, so people, right. I, I, they can order their own. And we will help them set that up. It takes about 10 minutes. Uh, and there's been a couple occasions where, where Heather has gone out and, and helped people set up fences that they purchased. Okay. But it's not something that we're in the habit
3: of. I mean doing, there's way more people than <laughs> than just you and Heather.
1: So Yeah, yeah we've two people. But yeah. I didn't
2: know if someone was really having issues getting
3: that yeah. set up. And
1: yeah. And then on, on my end, what I do with um any bare informational calls that come into our office, I have everything um forwarded to me so I can make sure all of our customers are getting consistent information, up to date information. Um like you had mentioned, I have I have a list of several different suppliers of the bear-resistant 90-gallon totes, um, and then also have a a few vendors for the enclosures, and then so I'll I'll explain to people, you know, all the things we're talking about here today, what my recommendations are, um, you know, a more specific pickup time for their neighborhood, and then the other thing I'll do is if they're interested in installing a permanent bear enclosure cuz they actually build those now big enough for our 90 gallon totes. Oh really? Yeah, so oh, okay. you could either get one for 132 gallon can or one big enough for a 90 gallon tote and I'll actually go out and meet them on their property, give them recommendations on where to put it, how to install it, um explain to them what the county codes are cuz we basically just go off the county codes um you know and then uh you know kind of advise them as to what problems we've had, you know, in the past cuz the enclosures you know, like one thing with the enclosures, you need to have them, you know, a few inches off the ground, because if you get any ice buildup or snow buildup in the winter time, you can't get the doors open, right. you know, things like that. And there's several different ways to do the enclosures. And um, so, yeah, we just we like to do what we can to educate people and uh, be proactive and because uh, we're all in this together and. Um, Right. Every little bit yeah. helps. right? Yeah. Yeah. Start chipping away
3: at it, like Carl was saying. <laughs> it's a cooperative effort.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we cannot be successful in, in managing these human bear conflicts without the cooperation with, uh, you know, with guys like Boomer yeah, and Douglas Yeah, that disposable. sounds like a great, yeah.
2: I'm, I wasn't yeah. totally aware of it all. So yeah, I'm and then when impressed I'm, with how much you guys do.
1: Yeah. And when we start having consistent problems, I'll, you know, I'll shoot Heather, Heather and Carl an email and let them know about it, and, you know. 99 percent of the time they already know about it by then you know mm-hmm. so um but i'll let them know and then uh, you know then we we also cc douglas county code, uh, code enforcement in on it too um you know and when they need to get involved they will you know unfortunately we just lost our douglas county code enforcement officer and so we're in the process uh they're in the process of trying to re- refill the the position so um you know as soon as they get somebody back in that seat we'll get them involved as well. Yeah, that's nice. great.
3: Yeah, it's definitely some effort that you guys have been putting into this for for many many years and it's to I mean we're
1: we're lucky to have you guys for sure. Definitely. Well, thank you. Yeah, and it, and it and it ultimately becomes down it comes down to the residents and our customers too, you know. I very mean, very true. Um, you know, even if people choose not to take trash service with Douglas Disposal, you know, they still need to be responsible with their refuse. You know, a lot of people have a trailer that they fill up and take it to the transfer station once a month or something. And obviously, if you have an open trailer sitting out in front of your house, that's just an attractant, you know. So yep. But code enforcement will also step in on those situations as well. And, and um, you know, because obviously that's, you know, not good take a buffet yeah yeah for sure yeah
2: well i appreciate both of you being here that was a lot of good information i learned a lot about douglas disposal um and i appreciate all the work you help and um carl we always appreciate you coming and giving people yeah, a lot of sure. good information so well thank you too
1: thank you oh thanks yeah. for having him.
2: of course and thank you everyone for listening